Hey, hey, everybody, welcome back. This is your host, Joe Fain Salida, and you're listening to the Well for Goodness Sake podcast. Listen, I am just here to encourage you as a fellow believer that you can do all the things. Yes, mamas, you too. I hear you. Here it's all about keeping it real and applying practical truth from scripture to learn more about the heart of God and what it means to walk the 4 life. Just like my favorite life verse in Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 talks about, walking in faith can require massive action. Life can be pretty chaotic and we don't always get to control our circumstances, but here together, We can learn to change how we respond to what does happen, and that changes everything. What does it mean to choose Jesus Christ first and daily? How do we find peace, identity, and purpose? I tell you what, it is only found in His presence and by His mercy and grace and only by believing in truth. So here we'll laugh together and maybe comfort each other once in a while while also remembering the most important thing, God's love for us. Mamas, sisters in Christ, you are not alone. God chose you. God loves you. Welcome to this safe space. It's so great to have you back. All right, well, welcome back to the Well for Goodness Sake podcast on walking and living the 4-8 life, just like Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 talks about on believing and thinking about what is true and real and dwelling on those things and doing it over and over again. (laughs) I am so glad to have you back again. And first of all, I just want to thank all of my listeners and subscribers. A few of you have reached out and I know a couple of you have been waiting for this episode I noticed somebody looking for it on social media, (laughs) and I apologize. Um, I actually have gone through some stuff, including a miscarriage this past week or two, and I did actually record this entire podcast episode, and it had such bad sound quality. I went ahead and posted a video to let everybody know that I tried. I did record it. It was about 35 minutes long. And the sound quality was not there and I tried to fix it and I deleted the entire recording. (laughs) So uh, evidently whatever I said in that 35 minutes was not what God wanted you to hear because I'm back again today. (laughs) Happy Monday. (laughs) I'm in the recording studio and my daughter's sleeping and one's doing school. So I'm sitting here attempting to fix this again, but I truly, truly appreciate those of you who are listening and letting me know that this is encouraging to you and saying, thank you. That's what I needed to hear today. Because as much as this puts me in the presence of God and helps me to spend time with him and get through things like a miscarriage and some of the losses or just the challenges of parenting and homeschooling, as much as it has been a blessing for me, it is even more of a blessing to find out that it's a blessing to you. So thank you for the feedback. And also, Thank you for the follows. Thank you for the few of you that were able to respond. Thank you for some of you leaving reviews and some of you subscribing to some of the different channels. Also, thank you so much for putting up with me in the ridiculous sound. Oh my goodness. There is white noise in the background of some of these episodes. There is some putica noises. There are some pop, pop, popping sounds and some S sounds. Please forgive me. Thank you so much for putting up with that. I am really, truly grateful for all of you. 
So it's great to have you back, but also thanks for putting up with me. (laughs) So for the last few episodes, we've been talking about the pursuit of peace. You know, the very first episode was kind of an introduction to what the entire podcast is all about and really just trying to be an encourager and a motivator and reaching out to others who are going through similar things in life, through parenting, through being a mom, whatever it is that you're dealing with. And then the last several episodes, the last three have been about the pursuit of peace. So our our topic of introduction and the scripture for that was Psalms 95, the pursuit of peace. And it's really when you're finding peace, it's the secret to a soft heart. So days one through three were number one, first and daily. Number two, worship to God. And day three, choose joy and thankfulness, which was basically saying thank you instead of grumbling and how that affects us. That Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice, choosing joy. It is a choice, rejoicing, a joyful heart does good like medicine, broken spirit dries the bones. That's Proverbs 17, verse 22. And then I shared a little bit in the last episode about that book I was reading, the Mom Fog book by Hannah Keeley, and just some of the steps to overcoming mom fatigue syndrome that she identifies with and shares. And really just agreeing with some of the information in her book about taking massive action. Anytime you're trying to make changes, nothing changes if nothing changes, which is what I said in last episode. That requires massive action, sometimes in the opposite direction of where we think we're supposed to go. And so it's just, it's really about, from us mothers, it's trying to find who we are, what is our identity, and where do we find that? And as a Christian, we find our identity and our purpose in the presence of God. We find it in God. And so we're really just claiming who God has already said and spoken that we are in scripture. And that's choosing our truth. We have continued to use that phrase from Keeley's book, is that your confession? Stop, repent, praise. (laughs) How have you been doing? Have you applied any of that? Have you tried to use that little phrase? Is that your confession? Have you tried to do a 4-8 friends? Have you tried that stopping yourself in your tracks in the middle of a sentence that's not a great one for your life, repented from it or changed what you were saying, and then chose to praise and thank God and choose that joy over that situation? We are incapable of doing things completely on our own. We have to have God's grace and mercy. So today, day four, the pursuit of peace again, (laughs) trusting God's purpose and plan. That's our topic for today. The most important thing here, friends, is that God's purpose is not a secret. Now, of course, a lot of times we want to know right away, oh my goodness, what's happening? Who am I going to get married to? What kind of a job am I going to have? How much money am I going to have saved away by the time I'm 40, 50, 60 years old? (laughs) How many children am I going to have? Sometimes we don't always know what the plan is, but his purpose or the reason for the plan are clearly revealed in scripture. There's a lot of verses that talk about who we are in Christ, who we are as believers, what Christ has done for us, and what we are supposed to do in following the steps of Jesus. If God's purpose or plan for our lives was a secret, we would be called slaves or servants rather than children of God, right? We're not slaves. We're not servants. A slave never knows the will or the plans of their master. In the Old Testament, Joseph almost never knew Pharaoh's reasoning for calling until God revealed it to him. He didn't receive an explanation from his master in the early years of slavery. He just received commands and orders that he was supposed to carry out. In John 15, 15, the verse says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, 
but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. And just in case you get hung up, <laughs> like I do sometimes because I am so technical, it comes from my OCD or my OCDism. The word servant here is actually the word slave. It's the Greek word doulos, and that means slave. So the servant here is referencing slave. And my aunt used that one jokingly when we were children because several of us would clean her house regularly and she'd pay us a little salary to come over and clean. And if she's listening to this, she knows who she is. <laughs> but she would joke that she needed her doulosses, as she called us. And she was joking and she didn't mean anything derogatory or negative by it. It had more to do with the fact that she studied Latin and we studied Greek as children growing up since my dad taught Greek. We had to take a class more than one time on Greek, <laughs> the Greek language. And um, I don't have much to do with Hebrew and I don't understand any of that. But the Greek I'm more familiar with and more recently in the last several years of studying scripture, I understand it. But her use and her kind of chuckling and joking was just more of the fact that she said everything was Greek to her. She'd be like, it's all Greek to me because she had a hard time sometimes with Latin. It didn't make any sense. And <laughs> she called it the dead language and she was still teaching it. And so she made jokes about that more to do with the fact that it was sometimes difficult to understand. And she used that kind of jokingly because she needed us and she loved us. And she really ultimately appreciated the help cleaning the house. <laughs> so we were her little do losses. So um, do loss, slave, servant. And so this is basically saying, no longer are you slaves or servants. I no longer have to call you that because you don't know as a servant what the master's doing. You wouldn't know what God's plan was. You wouldn't know the purpose, but I've called you friends. I have called you. And all that I've heard from my father, I'm now making it known to you, or I have made known. So this is also very important. So friend is philos. It's also Greek. And friend is to be friendly to one, to wish him well, associate with goodness, made known. This is the one that I love. This is no ridzo. It's also Greek. To make known, to become known, to be recognized, to gain knowledge of. Here's my favorite. Have thorough knowledge of, thorough understanding. So this is not just saying you're going to know. This is saying you're going to you're gonna gain knowledge about it. Not only are you not a servant or a slave and you know you're going to be told what God's purpose for you is, you're going to have a thorough knowledge of it. You're going to fully know, fully understand. It's very clear to you. So God's purpose is not a secret. He makes it known to us in scripture. He gives a clear plan of salvation. He even provides a guide, right? Scripture. It's the form of a book, the Bible. And then Jesus also thought, spoke, and walked out a physical and spiritual demonstration of the path to identifying oneself or ourself in God's creative purpose and design. He, not only is he the way, but he shows the way. Not only did he choose us and love us and die on the cross, but he said, here, hold my hand, walk with me, come with me. We are called to seek intimate relationship with God, ultimately to fulfill his greatest purpose, love. He sent his son out of love. He created us out of love. Jesus died for us. His son chose us and chose to die for us out of love. It's a selfless act of obedience that Jesus lived and died for. And we are instructed in scripture many times to follow Jesus. There's great fulfillment in drawing close to God as Jesus did in an intimate relationship with him, because this is where we find our purpose. And it's the only thing that allows us to live in God's design for us or to walk out his love and his purpose. We're not capable of extending his grace and mercy to others if we cannot connect with him first. He is the one who does that perfect work in our hearts. We can't extend his mercy and grace without first connecting with him. John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give to you 
that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. This is another one that I kind of break apart for you really quick because (laughs) I love the Greek because it explains instead of just quickly reading, here's a new commandment. I love you and love each other. But if you really pay attention to what this is saying, as is kathos, and it's Greek for meaning in proportion or same degree. So he's commanding us to love at the same degree. That's, I mean, that's pretty hard, right? Jesus died on the cross for us. We can't duplicate that act. Jesus died, was separated from God. That's something we'll never experience unless we choose to walk away. God is not choosing to separate himself from us. We have direct access to him because of his son, Jesus. But he's commanding us to try to follow and love in that same degree. And it also says in the Greek, I have loved, E-D, ed, loved, loved, agapeo, which means beloved, already loved, past tense, something that's already done. So that's referring to the love that Jesus Christ already showed, that God already showed through sending his son, that Jesus Christ already showed through his death on the cross. Love in the same degree as I love you, just as I've already loved you. Love in that degree, the same way that I have loved you. Not the same degree that I'm going to love or that I might love, the same degree that I have loved you. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Oh my goodness. To be loved, to be told, you are loved. Love in this degree. Practice loving in this degree. Try to love with all of your heart. And there's verses in scripture about greater love hath no man in the book of John than to lay down your life for your friend or your family, to sacrifice, because Jesus ultimately demonstrated that greatest act of love. Obedience to God in a greater love by sacrificing himself for the entire world. So he demonstrated complete surrender to God's plan and divine purpose for his own life and then told us how to get there. Jesus uses so many parables. What's a parable? (laughs) I like to say that parables are stories with a purpose. So we're talking about God's plan and purpose. Jesus literally shares God's plan and purpose through a ton of stories in the New Testament with a purpose. The purpose is to introduce a truth or a concept or an idea for the answers to all of the what, why, when, and how questions of life, right? So Jesus even explains what these are in detail, (laughs) their purpose and instruction on even cautions against the attacks and confusion of the enemy. In Mark chapter four, he's discussing the confusion of the enemy and how he can distract, but he's also talking in the same passage about why he's using parables. I'm gonna read a little bit of this to you. So Mark chapter four, the key verses here are gonna be 10 through 20. So let's read those really quick. Mark chapter four, verse 10. When he was alone, talking about Jesus, those around him with the 12, the disciples, asked him about the parables. And here's what he says. He answers them. The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those outside, everything comes in parables. Verse 12. So that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And then he says to them in 13, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? 14. The sower sows the word. 15. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown, When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Verse 16. And these are the ones that sow on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. Verse 17. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. 18. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word. 19. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. 
And then finally, verse 20, but those that are sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And so he's explaining what parables are used for, but he's also warning against the distraction and the deceitfulness of the riches of this world and this physical life and this world that we live in with these physical bodies and how we're so distracted by the fact that we have to not just provide for our family, but what our house should look like and the clothes that we wear and where our kids go to school and the food, the entertainment, the technology, all the things right? (laughs) Jesus told many parables to show people the way to communicate and to give them connection with Father God. And it's throughout the entire New Testament. Every single story, thought, and action of Jesus pointed away from the physical life and into the spiritual one. Eternity or earth, salvation over death, God's plan and purpose over human impulse and desire. Our failing human tendency is to live and walk and breathe out of impulse and selfish desires. God is knew that we would need him. He knew that we would need clear direction and an answer or a guide. This is why he sent his son to make a way. And it's why the Bible was written. So what is true? I always like to add these sections. What is true? What is also true? What's the breakdown here? First, what's true is God has a purpose and a plan for my life, for your life that he wants to reveal to you. He wants us to know about it. And too often, we spend so much time kind of running around doing things the way that we think we're supposed to or the way that we desire for that moment based on how we feel. And a lot of it could be trying to provide for the family. The rest of it might be thriving, right? And the and the other part is that tendency out of impulse and selfish desire (laughs) more than the things that we should do. What is also true? You and I, we have to get in his word first and daily. We have to spend time in the Bible for ourselves, not just listening to other people, speaking on it. Pastors and leaders and teachers are in our lives for a reason, but we also need to get in his presence first and daily and get in the word, get in prayer, open our hearts to him. We have to choose to believe in the truth of his purpose and plan. The fact that he has one, not only are we intricately made and awesomely made, like Psalms 139 verse 14 says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully is awesomely. I'm amazing. That's what I tell my daughter. You're amazing. (laughs) She's like, mommy, I know. I know that. I know that verse. Not only are we awesomely made, but we have to choose to believe in the truth of the word of God, the truth of who God says he is, and the truth that he does have a purpose and a plan for our life. We have to choose to seek him in order to find his will. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. God is not hiding from us. He is steadfast. He is true. He is faithful. We are the ones who expect consistency in life, but we are not consistent. Even as a species, we're not consistent. Not with everything. In life, we continually walk out on our own, wander away from God. Sometimes when things are growing great, we get distracted with the goodness of the physical pleasures in life. We're not consistent. We wonder why things are not consistent, clear or easier, but we're the ones that are not consistent. God is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow. I've heard that phrase and seen that sentence laughed at, but it is very, very true. And if you're a believer and a Christian, a child of God, you understand that. You understand that that's true. What does not choosing all of this mean? If you're not spending time with him first and daily, if you choose to not believe that he has a purpose and a plan, what does it look like? Well, it's a hot mess. (laughs) The secret to softer hearts is finding peace by getting in his presence and choosing to believe in what is true and real about God. It's a disaster not trusting him. It's a disaster finding a plan that looks like what you think it should, right? Can you imagine or remember your worst moments in life? Some of the trials you've gone through, you know, I can't imagine not believing in God and having a miscarriage the past week or week and a half to two weeks. I had one day where I just spent the most of the day crying. 
And this is not sharing with you to get pity. This is to, you know, to talk about what's true. And the fact is, there are so many times in my life that I went through something. And if I'm looking back and I thought, if I hadn't had God in that moment, my response would have been so different. It would Because without Jesus, without God, our responses are so much more human in their reaction, right? There's nothing wrong with grieving. There's nothing wrong with going through loss. There's nothing wrong with going through dark moments, but it's ultimately how we choose to respond to the circumstances that we cannot control that alter everything, even if the circumstance doesn't change. When we're not placing our trust and focus on him, we're sort of running around like the chicken with the head cut off, right? Doing all the things until we run ourselves completely ragged and have nothing left to give. So what's the breakdown here? How do we trust him? How do we believe he has a plan? The main key here is that you either believe that the Bible is the word of God or you don't. Because there's a lot of sources. There's a lot of places to get information. There's a lot of people to talk to. Even unsaved people, non-believers or the secular world, there's a lot of places to go and get information and news, the media, right? But how do you believe in his plan? Well, I may have said this before, but you're not going to ask the pizza guy how to do a brain surgery. And believe it or not, the guy, the brain surgeon may not know how to make a pizza, right? At least not from scratch. So well, why would we go to other places in the world and other sources that are not God-inspired to find out who God is, to find out how we trust him? And ultimately, trusting in him and how do we do that? That's faith. It's a choice, just like joy is a choice. You choose joy by changing your speech, changing your patterns and altering the things you say from negative to positive, from grumbling, I hate this day, and to God, thank you for making another day. Thank you that I have breath today. It's hard. Everything's falling apart, but thank you that I have breath. Thank you that I have breath. I get to be here one more day for my kids, my family, my friends, my peers, whoever they may be, whatever your reason might be. It's faith. Just like joy, real faith cannot be replaced by anything else. Faith is believing in the unseen. You believe that God is. You choose to trust him. You spend time getting to know him by getting in his presence and getting in his word. Not practices or meditations or sessions or other objects, right? Sometimes we're distracted by the stuff. It's a one-step choice of action. You might have to do that one step more than once, but it's a one-step choice of action of believing in God, believing that he is who he says he is, and then taking continual steps of action towards getting to know his heart, and being enabled to see his vision for our lives, for your life. So three keys to altering our first and daily practices of trusting his plan and purpose. Number one, believe. Believe. Choose to believe. If you can't believe in your mind, in your heart, pray. Ask God to open your eyes and help you believe in his plan. Choose to trust him. Do the same thing. Number two, choose to trust him. Pray that prayer. If you don't feel you trust him, pray that prayer. God, I want to trust in you. I choose to believe that your Bible is the word of God. I choose to believe in the truth that you have a purpose and a plan just like it talks about in scripture. I choose to believe that you're not hiding from me. And then number three, seek him daily. So believe, choose to trust in him, seek him every day. He is a real and loving God. He has a purpose for your life. You're not floundering for no reason. You might be going through a hard time. You might have just had a loss. You might spend the whole day in tears over something or be feeling as if you're having a total meltdown, losing it. Maybe you need to talk to someone. You're not alone. There's many of us that have gone through different moments. If you feel like a lot of your decisions are being made out of impulse, you're breathless, you're tired, you're exhausted. Maybe you're noticing some of your own selfish desires. I know I've been there. Not that long ago at the beginning of this podcast, I was noticing that most of my most of the, thing, the things on my schedule that I was choosing to do were just things that I wanted to do that I felt I needed to do. And I ended up eliminating 
more than three-fourths of what was on my calendar just by saying, yes, Lord, you're right. I don't need to get that license. I don't need to be in that class. And removing myself from things I didn't need based on what I felt the Lord was telling me. I could hear him speaking to my heart. He loves you. Do a 4-8 today. Choose to believe what Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 talks about. Choose to start finding that peace and allowing God to soften your heart, giving you that freedom and trusting God's purpose and plan for you today. Heavenly Father, I just lift up my listeners, friends, other moms, other believers. God, would you touch our hearts? Would you help us to choose you? It's a daily choice and it sometimes has to happen more than 10 times a day. (laughs) God, if I'm being completely honest, It's not always easy. There are moments I fail continually as a mom. I choose to put my faith and trust in you. I believe in you, your Bible. The Bible is the word of God. Jesus is your son. God, I believe what the scripture says, that you have a plan for my life. You have a purpose for me. Help me to see your purpose clearly. I believe that you're not hiding from me. John 15, 15, that you have, you're making known to me every day, every moment that I spend time in your presence, you're making yourself known to me. I choose to believe in your purpose and your plan. Help me to connect with you every day. I choose to believe. I choose to trust. Help me to continue seeking you every day. Help my listeners and friends and family and loved ones and their loved ones and their friends and family to connect with you, to believe, to trust in you, and to seek you first and daily. You are worthy of our praise. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I love you. And it's all because of him. Well, friends, this brings us to the end of our episode today on the Well For Goodness Sake podcast. I hope that you felt welcomed and encouraged here in realizing you're not alone, you are loved, and you can definitely do all of the things through Christ and everything else above and beyond that. If you're just willing to let go of self, allow God and begin each day, first and daily, walking the 4-8 life. This means taking massive action in a new direction sometimes. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Remember, I want to stay connected with you. You can subscribe here to the Well For Goodness Sake podcast. You can follow my Instagram handle at wellforgoodnesssake underscore WFGS. That's wellforgoodnesssake underscore WFGS. Feel free to provide feedback or leave a review. I encourage that. If anything I talked about today resonated with you or was encouraging to you in any way, I'd love to hear back from you so that I can continue to be just that and be that encourager in your life. Listeners, mamas, friends, we're not alone. God is real and God loves you. Well, for goodness sake, let's go do a 4-8. Until next time, I love you and it's all because of him.